Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. First John chapter 4. And this is what we said we were going to base this series on. Go down to verse 16. If you don't have a Bible, we're going to put it up on the screen as well. It says this. God is what? Love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. It says we love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or a sister, he's a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God who they have not seen. Verse 21, last one, it says, and he's given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and their sister. We love it. First John chapter 4. Today we want to talk to you part 2 out of this series that we've been talking about love. I want you to write this down. Today we, we've titled it, Let's Work It Out. Let's work it out. Look at your neighbor and tell them, let's work it out. Let's work it out. Come on, let's bow our heads, close our eyes, and ask God to bless this time. Father, we thank you. For today we thank you for this time together thank you for this morning thank you for what you're doing in this community in this church in this family thank you for everything that you did at the 9 a.m thank you for so many people that uh, may raise their hands and made a decision to follow you thank you for this 11 a.m thank you for the 1 p.m and tonight thank you for the 7 p.m down in uh, Winwood in our city campus god thank you for what you're doing in this family thank you for everything that you have coming up thank you for encounter conference we believe that so many young people's lives are going to be changed God, we're believing for young men and young women to become men of God and women of God this weekend, God. That you're going to open up eyes, transform lives, and raise up a generation. God, this is part of our legacy. We are committed to the next generation, God. And uh, God, we promise to have shoulders that they can stand on and see further, believe bigger, dream further than we could ever do in our own lives. God, we thank you for what you're doing in the young people's lives in this church. God, we thank you for today. Have your way in this place, God, that today we will work it out whatever issues there are in relationships in hearts and lives in marriages between husbands and wives between moms and dads and uh, god we pray that today you will work everything out god and you'll restore the hearts of the father to the son and the son to the father we thank you that you're building strong families in this place god we pray that there will be no elbowing and uh, no looking at people a certain way but it will all be done in love in jesus name all god's people say Amen. Oh, come on, 11 a.m. All God's people say, Amen. can you give Jesus one more shout of praise? Come on. So, so we said that we were going to talk about, we were going to talk about conflict, conflict today. Today, we want to make it more of a conversation. Yeah. Uh, we, we might just stay sitting the whole time. I, I just get a little antsy. I may want to stand up, but we're going we're gonna to sit down <laughs> and we just want to talk about relationships. Is that okay? We're going to talk about marriage. And we said that today in part two, we were going to talk about conflict. Right. We're going to talk about conflict. And, and as for like for, uh, for you and me, we've had not a whole lot, but we've had a little bit of conflict <laughs> at times, right? We have, yeah. There's been small conflict, big conflict, not so much when there is, is your fault not mine but there's been small con- I'm just kidding 
right? But there's been some conflict. We've learned through yes. those conflicts a little bit about each other. Right. Um, I remember, for example, when we first got married, um, one of the things I knew about Diana, I just didn't know it bothered her this much. It was my fault. Um, she, she does not like fish. Anybody in here, she does not like fish. Like no type of seafood, no type of, come on, anybody like her? No type of seafood. Anybody like me, you love sushi, you love fish, <laughs> lobster, can I get an amen? So one day, <laughs> there's a few people with you. Um, yeah, I, I appreciate you. Yeah. <laughs> one day, I get home, and uh, I remember I was starving. I was hungry. So I, I had gone by the supermarket, by the you grocery store. You were being store. great. Just, you were making your own lunch. Yeah, you know? I got home. She was upstairs. I think we were getting yeah. ready. We were going to go somewhere later on that night. But I said, I'm just going to make some lunch. I'm not even going to check upstairs. I'm just, I'm, I went inside the house. I'm, I'm going to cook. And I started cooking salmon burgers. What right? is that? Did I pronounce it correctly this time? Salmon, salmon burgers. burgers? I think in 9 a.m. I said salmon burgers. And everybody's like, what is salmon? salmon I'm like, I'm burgers. sorry. It's silent. Salmon burgers. Right? And so yes. I started cooking salmon burgers. Right? Anybody ever had some? They're amazing. They're delicious. And what happened about, about 10 minutes in? What happened 10 minutes in? All I, he <laughs> all I hear is, Alex, from the second floor. And she comes rushing downstairs. Are you cooking fish? The whole place smells like fish. Of course, if there, if anybody has fish, it could be anywhere. I know you're having fish. I, I can, I know. So I come downstairs. That is so true. We'll be at a restaurant, yes. and if somebody on the other Someone side of the restaurant fish. orders fish, you're like, somebody order fish. I know it. I know it. Somebody <laughs> order fish. And I'm like, that's a prophetic gift. That's good. That's awesome. And I also think uh, what happened, what made it worse, is that I think you were burning the patty. Like, it was kind of burning. So it smelled even more. <laughs> we're talking. We're keeping it positive today, so, so we're just gonna keep it moving. <laughs> so I had to come downstairs. I opened every single window she in did. the house. I was she opened the doors, the windows, everything. Neighbors were walking by, like, "What is wrong?" And let's pray for them. And we're like, "Yeah, just come to Calvary," because the, the whole house smelled like yeah, fish. I so did. So because I don't like fish, I don't cook fish. I don't know how to do it. I have no interest in learning how to cook fish, right? So I said, hey, babe. I'm believing 2018, no, you're going to no. eat some fish. Yeah, I've tried, no. Vision Sunday, no. Diana's going to eat fish. No. <laughs> Not happening. We have sushi today. I'm just kidding. But, um, <laughs> so then I said, since I don't know how to cook fish, you love fish. Uh, maybe you can go to your mama's house and she can cook you fish. She's right there. She would love to do that for you. That will be like a My mom and son here. date, right? I'll be there tonight and I'll eat some fish. She said, not so that tonight. was a small not tonight. <laughs> she ain't cooking you know that me. was a small conflict, but but you've also learned some stuff about me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I <laughs> so I love to build things. Like um, you know, like if I go to IKEA and I get a table or whatever, I'm actually good at building stuff. Like I, I enjoy it. It's kind of like helps me. It's like stress relief, right? I have my little own toolbox and I can just take my time, read the instructions, and build. That's not his gifting in life, per se. And so what he does is- I married the right one. Because he's the man of the house. He wants to help me build something, right? But then instead of reading the instructions- so bad. What? As the man of the house, he wants to help. It's like, that sounded terrible. That sounded so bad. How? I'm the man I'm supposed to build. You want to oh, help me. So then anyways, <laughs> let me finish. He decides to build whatever it is that we're building and just skip the instructions, right? So then, of course, I'm like, the instructions, you know, there's 200 pieces. You know what to do with all 200 pieces. 
course not, but he says he does. And so at the end, after like an hour, um, we have a table, but we have a crooked table. <laughs> and we need to go back and undo and read the instructions and then build the yeah, right. I just, uh, any, any men like me, you just don't read instructions. We're just going to get to it. Come on, any men like me? All the men, make some noise. Come on. <laughs> we just communicated right now in our own language. I actually got that from my dad. My, my father this does not true. read instructions, does not read manuals. Dad, I love you for making me a better man. It's always a party when you and your dad come over I, to help me build something. You know, you know what I like? It's, it's that now people get to the house and they're like, oh, I had the same table. I'm like, no, this was different. I built it different. So there's conflict at the end of the day. There's going to be conflict in relationships. What we've learned is this. What we've learned is this. Conflict, right? Conflict is inevitable, but resolution is attainable. There's going to be conflict in relationships. There's going to be conflict in marriage. There's going to be conflict when you're getting to know somebody, dating somebody, right? In all kinds of relationships, there is conflicts. Like, nobody has a perfect marriage, right? Today, uh, we want to just let you know that right off the bat. Maybe you just recently got married. Maybe you're engaged. Maybe you just started to get to know somebody. You're like, I can't wait to get married. It is going to be amazing. My hubby, my husband, he's going to be bringing breakfast in bed every morning. And it's going to be so awesome. Can I tell you? Can I tell you that, that it's not real? Marriages and relationships have conflict and trouble. Can I get an amen? You're going to wake up one day, you go throw that breakfast at his head, okay? It just happens, right? Like, like perfect relationships, perfect marriages don't happen. The conflict is going to happen. Now, here's what I also want to let you know is don't get scared when conflict happens because it's nothing to be afraid of either. We can work through conflict. Right, you got two different people coming from two distinct backgrounds, two di at times probably two even different cultures. Right, they were raised differently. Uh, we have different ideas and concepts, and we're trying to, you know, learn each other, learn what we like, what we don't like, learn our differences. And and actually, I think conflict it actually starts to build your relationship. Yeah. Like, okay, wait, let's get to know each other a little better. Let I actually want to work on this. Actually, conflict can bring out the best in you. Because yeah. now you actually become a better person. That can actually help in communication. Yeah, and I believe that conflict is inevitable, but how we respond is optional. Conflict is inevitable, but how we respond is optional. It's up to us to see how we are going to respond to that conflict. I believe that the way that we respond can actually limit or enable our success. Are we going to be successful at resolving this issue or are we not? You know, if we come from a place of just uh, responding from anger, from frustration, from I'm just not going to do this anymore and I'm so exhausted. And if we have the wrong response, then we're actually limiting our chances to succeeding and resolving this issue. We're actually going to end up maybe in a bigger issue. But if we come and we respond from a good place, from a better place, from a place of understanding, from a place that says, hey, I'm actually working towards resolving this, then we're actually going to enable our chances of success. But we need to know what that looks like for us. All of us in this place can respond to a conflict in a different way. And what we need to do is look within ourselves, examine ourselves, and say, okay, what is my response? Whenever conflict arises, how is it that I respond? Do I just, am I quick to reply? Am I quick to answer? What am I going to do? Because once we understand that, then we're going to be able to respond in a different way. And if we want to have healthy relationships in our lives, any kind of relationship, then we need to be aware of those things. Yeah, and we said that we, we really believe that God wants to give us strong, healthy relationships 
relationships. Come on, healthy marriages, healthy homes. Anybody want a better household in 2018? Come on, better families, stronger relationships. And we said that God is for us. We took 1 John chapter 4 last week and we started to break it down. That's been the, the base uh, passages for this series, right? I, I love 1 John chapter 4 because John begins to talk about God. And he says that God is love. He gives us the most clearest and simple definition of love. If a lot of us here, we have different understandings about love, if we have different definitions. Last week we said, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's one that John gives us in 1 John chapter 4, and that is God is love. Come on, say that with me. God is love. You want to know what love is? Look at God. You want to know how love responds. You want to know how love behaves. You want to know how love speaks. Look at God. Because we said relationships will get complicated. We said that conflict will happen. One day you are going to be upset. One day you're going to wake up in a bad mood. One day somebody's going to get on your nerves and, and you're all going to get aggravated. What do you do when that happens? I love what John says because basically what he's telling us is that we have to love even when we don't feel like it. Right? Love is not a feeling. So many people are like, oh, my God, I can't wait. I got butterflies in my stomach, and this is amazing. This is awesome. But what happens when those butterflies are gone? What happens when those butterflies turn back to caterpillars, <laughs> right? <laughs> Here we learn that love is a choice. Love is a choice. I choose to love somebody. I choose to It's not a feeling because the feelings are fleeting. They're going to go. But I choose, I'm with Diana not just because I feel like it, but because I chose to be with her. And so whether I love her one day a little bit more or a little bit less, I am going to choose. Whether we are in the middle of conflict, whether we are in the middle of trouble, I have chosen to love her every single day for the rest of my life until the day that we see Jesus face to face, right? It is a choice to love. Look, look at what John says, 1 John chapter 4, verse 21. He says this, and he has given us this command, anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. So many people nowadays are like, I just don't feel like loving them anymore. Well, you, you must love somebody. He gives us a clear definition of what love is. And so, so today we just want to give you a couple of quick handles. Time is already flying and we want to give you three quick handles today. Three keys that hopefully can help us as we're talking about relationships and marriages. The first thing that I think is extremely important in relationship and marriage, uh, number one, is that we need to fight fair. Somebody say fight fair. Fight fair. Alex, what do you mean fight? You guys fight? Yes, we fight. <laughs> Everybody fights, like we said. There's going to be fights of all types. There is no perfect marriage, right? There's going to be small arguments, and there's going to be big discussion. Isn't it crazy? Sometimes we make the biggest deals out of the smallest things, right? Like sometimes you'll be bothered all day over the smallest thing. Like, don't talk to me. <laughs> you want to go to the mall? You want to go grab some lunch? <laughs> do whatever you want. <laughs> I'm sorry. What was wrong? You didn't serve me orange juice in the morning, right? I don't know. I don't know. It just, I don't know. But it just over the smallest thing, it can actually like almost like ruin our day. And it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. We're not going to let small things, we're not going to let little molehills become mountains. Yeah. But how many know there's also big conflict in marriage, right? What do you, what do, you do when conflict gets, gets out of control? And, and there are some issues that need to be worked out. We need to talk some things out. And here's what we know, right? Healthy couples fight fair unhealthy couples fight dirty. Yeah. Healthy couples fight fair. Unhealthy couples fight dirty. What do I mean by fighting dirty? By fighting dirty, what you mean is that you are fighting for your victory. 
meaning I'm going to win this argument. I'm going to win this discussion. I don't care if you tell me the sky is blue. If I say it's black, by the end of this conversation, I, I don't care if the whole world comes outside, points to the sky, and tells me it's blue. I'm going to make sure I get that last word. Mm -hmm, it's black. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? You just try to get that last word in that argument, like, mm-hmm, but I told you so. Right, right? You're fighting for your victory, right? That's, that's unhealthy. That is not fighting fair, right? Fighting fair is to say, you know what, we're not fighting for victory, we're fighting for resolution. We're, we're going to actually argue, but we're going to argue and work this thing out to get to a place of resolvement. I'm not here to prove my point. I'm not here to say you're wrong. I'm not here to say any. I'm here to say how can we get through this because we have a goal in mind, and that's to make a long haul. That's to build a marriage that brings glory to God. We're going to fight fair. In other words, it's not if you fight, it's actually how you fight. Yeah, and because fights are going to happen, what we need to know in these moments is that there should be boundaries yeah. within fighting fair. And what I mean by this is that there are things that we should do or not do when we're fighting um, out of respect. There should be boundaries of respect, of honor, of love. I mean, I don't know what that looks like for you, but there might be things that when you're having a conflict, when you're having a discussion, that are completely off the table. Things that you know are just going to take you to a whole other level that's completely unnecessary, but you need to know what those things are. You need to look within yourself and, and talk to your spouse about it and say, hey, these things for me make a difference. These things for me matter, so we're not going to do these things. Uh, boundaries in the way that we fight so we can fight fair. And, and so for us, we haven't been married for 20, 30, 40 years like so many people in this place. But one of the things that we want to do is prepare for, hey, when seasons change, you know, as years go by, we want to be able to learn from people who have been, you know, married for longer, people who have successful marriages. And some of the things that we learn from them is finding out what those boundaries look like for us. And so we've read, we've researched, and there's five things that we've decided to um, work out into our personal lives that are those things that are non-negotiable for us and we use in order to fight fair. So yeah, those things are on the screen. Five boundaries that we say are out, right? This, is, this would be fighting unfair. Number one, uh, no name calling. You're going to start uh, calling names. That is unfair. That is right. not cool. That's, that, we don't want that in marriage, right? How many know it's easy to start yelling out some names, right? Uh, all of a sudden, you're just, you're just, some words are coming out of your mouth that are not found in the Bible, right? That's not going to help yeah. your marriage. That's not going to help your relationship right in our house there is no cursing out one another it does not happen maybe you're used to that maybe you came from that maybe you witnessed that growing up but make a decision you know what from this day forward we are going to fight yeah. the right way right so right. there is no name calling right and so the second one is no yelling yeah. i mean we are gonna get into heated discussions and we might raise our voices because it happens but what we mean by not yelling is let's not turn this into a shouting match and whoever's screaming the loudest because it's gonna take us nowhere but if we stop think about it and then just Maybe you're just a loudspeaker, you know, you just, your voice, you raise your voice. But what we're saying is just stop, don't shout at each other. This is not who screams the loudest. This is just, hey, let's talk about this and let's have a civil discussion. Some people are like, I don't yell. This is just my regular voice. And it's like, so let's talk about that over lunch. How can we help your voice? Number three, this one's good. Never get historical, all right? It's yeah. easy when an argument and a discussion starts happening to say, well, what you did in 1984, that first month of marriage, you never put that plate away, right? It's like you've been carrying that thing around for 30 years. Leave that plate in 1984 and move forward to the future and hope that God has swore you, right? Don't get historical. And, and listen, we're, we're not telling you, like, we got it together. We're telling you that we need this boundaries in our marriage. It's so easy to say, well, well a couple weeks ago, you did this. 
Oh, I, used to, I still remember what you did, and, and we're all guilty of this. Don't get historical, because that's not going to build. That's right. And then the fourth one is never say never or always. So never go around saying, you never do this for me. You never do this, or you always do this, because the reality is that most of the time, it's not true. <laughs> most of the time, we take something someone has done a couple of times, and you take it to absolutes, and we're not really being fair to the other person. We really not, are not fighting fair. So what we need to do sometimes is just learn how to communicate how we feel in a different way. Hey, sometimes I feel like you do this. You know, I feel like so many times you, you know, tend to do this often. It, it just by the way that we change our approach can make a complete total difference in how we resolve conflict. Yeah, absolutely. And then number five for us is never threaten divorce. That is not in our vocabulary. We're not going to use that. We're not going to th uh, hold threats against each other. Well, if you do this, I'm leaving. I'm going to go to sleep at my mom's house and I'm out of here. Okay. We're not going to do that. We're in this for the long haul. We are committed to one another. We got married in front of God and in front of people. Let's not play with divorce, right? We're just, we're never going to threaten it. Yeah. And so as we're saying some of these, maybe you've already started to think some of the ones that you would add, some of the ones you would change according to who you are, how you are, how you deal with things. And I just encourage you, we encourage you, maybe today's a good day to start. Maybe today's a good day when you go home and you're going to think about, hey, what are my tendencies? What are my boundaries? What are the things that I believe I need to figure out so when conflict happens, we can actually resolve it and talk about it. Absolutely. Just discuss with the other person, hey, some of these things are off the table I don't like this I don't like that and it'll help us at the end to have um, just better conflict resolution and because conversation conflict happens um, we're talking about things and one of the things we need to remember is that our words have power Absolutely. our words have so much power and I love the verse uh, it's James chapter 1 19 through 20 it says my dear brothers and sisters take note of this everyone should be quick to listen slow to speak and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Proverbs 21, 23 in the message says, watch your words and hold your tongue. You'll save yourself a lot of grief. Wow. And I love that. If we can just hold our tongue sometimes, we're going to save ourselves a lot of grief. We're going to save ourselves saying things that we didn't really mean to say. We're going to save ourselves from hurting the people that we don't want to hurt. And then we're going to find ourselves in a worse place than we did before. You know, and you have to be real with yourself. What are your tendencies? You know that be slow to speak, uh, be quick to listen and slow to speak. It's for me. I will always have something to say. I, I, I have a comeback for everything. So I need, to, I'm being real. So I need to be quick to listen and slow to speak. And so that's what we have to do. Hey, find out what your boundaries are. Find out where your tendencies are and work from there. This is if we want to have a good relationship and be able to fight fair. How many know it's easier to speak than to listen? I think that's a lot of us. So number one, fight fair. Number two, write this down. Uh, the second thing that we believe is important is stay pure. Stay pure. One of the reasons conflict increases in relationships is when we allow our mind, our soul, our spirit to start to get impure, right, with certain things that we shouldn't be watching, shouldn't be saying, shouldn't be thinking, right? What, what are you thinking, right? It begins with, with small things. Small things in a relationship can actually bring a whole lot of damage. How many know it's usually the small things that cause the greatest pain? Yeah. 
Right? What, what, what small things have you allowed in your marriage, in your relationship? What things have you allowed that, that shouldn't be there? What conversations? What, what, what Maybe some of the stuff you're watching, some of the stuff you're listening to that you say, hey, this really isn't beneficial to my marriage, to my relationship. And it starts with small, small things, right? In the book of Song of Solomon's, chapter 2, verse 15, he's talking about, they're talking about their love. And look at what he says about their love. Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 15, he says, catch all the foxes. Foxes, those little foxes before they ruin the vineyard of love for the grapevines are blossoming. He says, catch the little foxes. And I want to tell you today that small foxes can destroy big gardens. It's small foxes that can destroy big gardens, right? Maybe it's a small, small fox of lust. Maybe it's a small fox uh, of a coworker talking to you in a way that shouldn't be talking to you. Maybe it's a small fox of, of a video you shouldn't be watching. What, what are those small foxes in our life? How many know nowadays a temptation is a lot stronger than it was 50 years ago, yeah. right? We, we are living in a world where we are polluted 24-7. Right, where something was almost uh, unreachable uh, 50, 60 years ago, where you couldn't see certain things or you had to go to great lengths to see something. Now it's on our phones. Hello? Right, on our, on our very own smartphones, you can, you can watch pornography in a second if you want. It, it's so available. Is that beneficial to your marriage? It's actually going to destroy your marriage, right? So we have to stay pure. Right now, there's there's websites where you can go on this website if you want to have an affair. There's affairs. There, there's websites for affairs. Yeah. I'm talking about we're, we're talking about we're living in dangerous times. Yeah. Does that mean we have to be scared? Do we use that as an excuse? No, it just means we have to live wiser. We have to be smarter and we have to be careful of what we do, where we go. Right. It's the small things. Temptation is, is, is so rampant. Everybody's having affairs. Everybody's doing this. Everybody's watching these things, right? And so we have to be careful with our outward purity and our inward purity, right? With our outward purity, uh, what, what conversations are you taking a part of that maybe you shouldn't be part of? Right? When you go to work or are you hanging out with some coworkers and, and they start joking and they start sharing some stories about the weekend and, and what they're doing in their relationships. And you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm not cool with you cheating on your wife. I'm not cool with you cheating on your husband. I'm going to step out of this conversation because this is not healthy for my soul. This is not healthy for what I'm trying to fight for. I'm going to choose to stay pure. All right? So with the outside, what are you watching? Maybe, maybe, maybe you have to get off Instagram, right? How many know? I heard one body, somebody say recently, the devil lives in the Explore page. Some of you know what I'm talking about, right? right? So you, maybe you have to put some limits and some boundaries on what you do. Maybe you have to block some websites. I love it that some of the guys here, we got together, some of the pastors, we got together about a year ago, and, and we actually put something in our computers where we can check where one another, where we're going, what websites, we're, we got accountability. Wait, wait, what is it that you're watching? What website? And it actually sends an email and alerts us every week what web websites you went to because we got to hold each other to a high standard and say, wait a minute, we're going to stay pure as pastors, as men of God, and be married. That's outside. But what about inside? You may not be doing a lot on the outside, but how's your life on the inside? How's your mind? How's your soul? How's your, your spirit? Because purity actually begins from the inside out, yeah. not from the outside in. Be careful what you're thinking. And let me just free you. We are all tempted with all kinds of things, right? Whoever says they're not tempted is a liar, right? We are all tempted, right? You're, you're going to get tempted. A thought is going to come. Don't feel guilty and shameful because you had a bad thought. That's going to happen. Here's the problem, and here's where the issue starts. What do you do with that temptation? Do you feed it? Do you start thinking, man, yeah, you know what? 
My coworker actually is better than my wife. My coworker is better than my husband. Let me, let me start this conversation. Be careful where you go with those thoughts. But it all begins in the mind. You may be tempted, but the Bible says we can overcome temptation in Jesus. And it says that we are more than conquerors. But it starts from the inside out. I love what the psalmist says in Psalm chapter 119, verse 11. He says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. It's what's in your heart that's going to determine what you do on the outside. That's right. And speaking of relationships, you know, in relationships, um, there are things that can lead us to doing things that perhaps we didn't believe that we can do or that we didn't want to do. Um, we can have a sense of entitlement. When we believe that relationships are all about us, it's about how you make me feel, what you do for me, what, what, what are you doing for me, what are you doing that's going to make me happy, that's going to keep me happy. And what this is going to do is that it's going to make us just begin to bow down to the God of, false God of happiness. Yeah. That's going to make us say, hey, you know what, um, they're not listening to you in that relationship, so you should go find it somewhere else. Hey, you're not being, they're not doing what you want them to do in this relationship, so you're going to go find it somewhere else. And that's going to make it that much harder to stay pure. And I don't know, but maybe you're in this place here today and you say, hey, Diana, you know, uh, I've maybe fallen short in this area. Maybe I've made some mistakes in this area. Maybe um, you find yourself saying, yeah, I I've made mistakes before. But I love that we have a God, that when we make a decision, when we say, hey, God, I'm sorry, and we repent, that he's faithful to forgive us and that he's faithful to help us. This is not a God that we just have to tell him what we've done and he leaves us alone. This is a God that actually is willing to work with us and walk us through the process. But are we having the right response? How are we responding to the things that we, uh, that we have done or maybe that, you know, that, we're, that we're doing? And I, there's three responses that I have here that I want to share. And it, and it says, hey, you can have a defensive response. And that's the one that says, hey, it's not my fault. Um, it happened because, you know, it's just they drove me to do this. Another response could be one of remorse where it's just basically you are being so harsh on yourself and there's just condemnation. You're saying, hey, I'm a terrible person. Or we can have the right response to, which is repentance, where we admit what we have done is wrong, but then we look to God for help. We look to God to help us go back on track. We look to God to help us from today forward, from this moment forward. So today, are we going to choose purity? Today, are we going to choose to just look deep within our souls and our hearts? What area of our lives do we need help with? What area of our lives do we need to take to God? Because the reality is that purity matters. It matters because if we want to build a good marriage, a marriage that lasts, a relationship that will last, then we need to live a life of purity today. I believe that God wants to bless our relationships, our marriages, but then it starts with us. What are we doing to make this happen? That's right. We need to fight fair. Somebody say fight fair. Fight stay pure. Say stay pure. And number three, uh, this is how we're going to wrap it up today. I really believe it's important. Number three, never give up. Giving up is not an option, right? Especially if you already made a decision to get married and you're like, hey, this is it. I'm, I'm married, right? We are never going to give up because it's easier to give up. It's easier to walk out, but we just made a decision. We are not going to give up. I really believe that this is something that we should all take in mind and take it as a challenge. Let's fight less, let's fight less in marriage and fight more for marriage, right? Like, hey, we're going to try hard to fight less in marriage. And we're going to fight for marriage, right? And I think some of us today, we just need to begin to question, like, man, have I looked for easy ways out? Have I decided that, man, maybe today I need to get some things right in my life, in my relationship? I'm going to make sure that I understand what marriage is. Speaking of married people here today, I just want to tell you that 
when we made a decision to get married, we didn't enter into a contract. We entered into a covenant. It's a difference. Our society today thinks that, well, just, you know, so many people are like, I don't want to get married. It's just a legal paper. It's just a contract. It's not a contract. Marriage is a covenant. It's a big difference between a contract and a covenant. A contract says, hey, I'm going to do my part as long as you perform your side. Right? As long as you're doing what you got to do, I'm going to put my side. And it's so easily broken. But a covenant says, hey, even if you don't perform, this is unconditional, no condition. I'm all in. I'm going to do this all the way. This is a covenant before God and before the church. Right? This is a covenant relationship. Actually, marriage is actually a reflection and a picture of God's covenant relationship with us. God says, I chose to, to send my son to die for you, even knowing that some of you would turn your back on me. Right? And some of us, we know we've been unfaithful to God. We've turned our back on God. We haven't wanted to seek God so many times, yet God still loves us, still chases us, still is after us because he's in a covenant relationship with us. And he says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And so we made, we made our wedding vows, and the wedding vows say, till death do us apart. So easily it can turn to, well, until this argument takes us apart until this issue takes us apart they, so many people have chosen divorce as the easy route well we're just gonna get divorced we just we're not getting along there's some arguments they started asking Jesus about divorce and they said Jesus what what do you think about divorce and in Matthew chapter 19 look at his response Matthew chapter 19 verses 3 through 6 it says some Pharisees came to him to test him and they asked is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason Jesus says, haven't you read that at the beginning the creator made them male and female? And he said, for this reason, a man will leave his mother and father or father and mother and be united to his wife. And the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but they are one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. You can't divorce what God has already joined together. So many of us are trying to separate what God has already united. Now, I do also want to say there's some people in here that have gone through divorce and just recently got divorced or whatever it is. There are biblical grounds for divorce, right? It, 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 there is some reason for you to get divorced. It's for sexual immorality and unfaithfulness. Then for sure, absolutely, I would say as well as domestic abuse, you're not going to sit there and take abuse for the rest of your life. So, no, you don't have to. But when it comes to arguments and fights and we just don't get along you got to fight for marriage and uh, you just got to make a decision we're going to stick this thing out yeah because so many times you might find yourself in a place where you're like i have no more love i have no more patience i have no more forgiveness but i love that because god is love god loves through us God's going to love through us when we feel like we have no more love. That God's going to forgive through us when we feel like we can't forgive. That God's going to give us patience when we feel like we've run out. You know, uh, 1 Corinthians says that uh, love is patient and love is kind and it's not rude. Yeah, it's so, it's so difficult to do that on our own. But that's why last week we talked about knowing God. Because the more that we know God, the more that we seek God and have a relationship with him, the more that we can go to him for strength, the more that we can go to him to give us everything that we need in order to keep moving forward. And one of the things that I love, um, the, the principle that I love in life, it, it's, it's the principle of sowing and reaping. I believe that we can use this for so many areas of our lives, but we can also use it for our relationships, any relationship. Hey, I'm going to continue to sow good things into this relationship so that I can reap good things in this relationship. Um, Galatians 6, 9, it says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And I love that. 
at the proper time if we do not give up. So, hey, keep investing in your relationships. Keep doing what's right. Even if you don't feel like it in this moment, know that at the right time you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. And let's remember that our relationships are not 50%, 50%. A lot of people say that 50-50. It's actually 100 and 100. Because when both of us are on the same page, when my desire to make this work and my desire to help you and my desire to see you succeed and do great and his desire is the same for me, then we're going to be on the same page. Then when conflict happens, we're going to be able to resolve it because we all want the best for each other and for our relationship. And so feelings, we talked about them last week, but we need to get over this feeling, this this, um, you know, I, I just don't feel like it's syndrome, you know. We can get into, hey, I, I'm just going to walk out of this relationship because I just don't feel like it. I don't feel like I love this person anymore. I don't feel like trying anymore. We make this excuse in relationships, but I'm wondering what other um, area or context of our life where we do this and it work. It's like saying, hey, um, I, I don't feel like going to work anymore, so I'm just going to quit. Well, if you do that, how are you going to pay the bills, right? Like, how are you going to eat? It's like us saying, hey, I don't feel like paying my taxes anymore. That's like a lot of money, so I'm just not going to do it. So you stop, and then you go to jail. But yet we somehow think, think it's excusable for our marriages or for our relationships. We need to get to a point where we can get over our feelings by the power of God and do what's right because we believe that God will bless our relationships. We believe that God will bless our marriages. And, you know, I love this idea, this thought that we don't just have to put up with a bad marriage, but we can work towards fixing it. So maybe your marriage doesn't look the best right now. Hey, you don't have to stay there. Both of you, both, us, we can work towards fixing it because that is what God ultimately wants for our lives. That's right. We believe that. Come on, can we get up on our feet all across this place? Did this help anybody today? Come on, why don't we stand up on our feet? We're leaving in just a moment. I love what Diana said at the end. You don't have to put up with a bad marriage. Understandably, we know that. But you can work for a good one. Yeah. And I remember one time we said this during one of our series is that uh, you don't wait for greatness, you work for greatness. Right. Right? Some of us, we just need to begin investing a little bit more time in our marriage and say, hey, you know what? We haven't had a real date night in a long time. We haven't had a real lunch where we're not both of us on our cell phones and both of us taking care of a bunch of stuff. Why don't we all go out, all right? yeah, just you and I, and look at each other in the eye and let's work this thing out. Let's put some boundaries in order. Let's, let's say how do we want to start building right. Let's, let's choose to do this together. That we're going to fight fair. We're going to stay pure. And we're not going to give up. And I'm believing that God's going to give you a better marriage than you ever dreamed. I'm believing that he's going to turn homes around. I'm believing that he's going to turn around families. I'm believing that he's going to begin to bless and give you new romance and new love for one another. Come on, anybody believe in that for 2018? Come on, I'm believing it. You got to work for it. You got to invest some time. Come on, with eyes closed and head bowed all across this place. I'm going to ask for every eye to be closed, every head to be bowed in the auditorium, in the additional seating. If we can all just begin to pray, if everybody on Dream Team and the entire church can begin to pray. Maybe you're in here today and you're saying, Alex, I'm far from God. I would love to fix things in my relationship, in my marriage, and things aren't going right, and I've made some bad decisions. We have too. None of us are perfect. Maybe you're in here and you say, I've done some wrong things. I've gone the wrong route. I've chosen the wrong path. I've made mistakes. And the enemy has lied and brought guilt and condemnation in your life. I want to tell you that's not from God. Maybe you're saying, Alex, I'm far from God. I'm, I'm so distant. That may be true. The Bible says that all of us are sinners. I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. We're not perfect. You're not perfect. The Bible says all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. 
But the Bible also says that God loves us so much that he sent his one and only son. The Bible says that God sent his son Jesus and Jesus came and he grabbed all of my sin, your sin. He grabbed all of our guilt, all of our shame. The Bible says that Jesus carried the sins of the world on his shoulders. The Bible says that he went up on a cross and he died for the sins of humanity. Since then he went up on that cross and he paid the penalty for sin. He died for me and he died for you. The Bible says he died on that cross. He went down to a grave and he was in a grave for three days. He was dead for three days, but after three days, Jesus Christ defeated sin and death for me and for you. He's alive. He's the hope that you've been looking for. He's the peace that you're desperately in search of. He's the one that you need in your life. And today, he has his arms open wide and he's saying, I'm for you. I want to have a relationship with you. Today, you may think that God wants nothing to do with you. I'm here to tell you he wants everything to do with you. Come on, as the church is praying, every eye closed, every head bowed for privacy and concentration. I'm going to count to three in just a moment, and I believe at that count of three, hands are going to go up across this place and the additional seating as well. If you're saying, Alex, today, I need a relationship with God. Before God can do something in your marriage, he wants to do something in your life. Today, if you're saying, Alex, I need forgiveness of my sins. I need a brand new clean start. This is your day. At the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. I just want you to hold it up for a second. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to single you out. Just hold it up. I just want to see you and acknowledge you for a second, and then you can put it right back down. If that's you at the count of three, raise it up. One, two, three. Raise your hand all across this auditorium. All across. Come on, raise it up as high as you can. Hold it for just a second. I see you. 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 God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I see you. God bless 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 you. Hold it up just a minute longer. Hold it up. I see you. I see you. I see you. I see you. God bless you. God bless you up here in the front. I see you. Awesome. In the additional seating, anybody else all across the back? Amazing. God is good. Awesome. So many hands. Come on, can we give him a big hand? Every single person that made a decision. Come on, can we cheer him on? We're going to say a prayer together. The Bible says that we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. We will be saved. And I believe that so many people today are going to go from death to life, from darkness to light. And that your life is never going to be the same again. I want us to close our eyes. Repeat after me. In fact, the whole church, we're going to repeat this out loud together. My prayer doesn't save anybody, but I'm just trying to make it easy. It's Jesus that saves us. Repeat after me. Say, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God that you died for my sins and on the third day you resurrected come into my life Jesus be my Lord and be my Savior from today on I am saved I am forgiven and I'm healed in Jesus name amen amen and amen come on church